0: the Six Pointer Podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast. Oh, I should say it's a long-awaited return, to the Six Pointer Podcast, isn't it? Well, we did one on the... On Sunday club but you weren't involved so you know Sorry, doesn't yeah. count for you does it the longer return of the UK just because you, you're not there all right it's the all about you out. isn't it the longer return of the UK version of the palace version of the six point podcast yeah we're back with you tonight we are broadcasting from the Imperial Arms in Chislehurst lovely Guinness very nice Guinness um yeah so we're back uh lots to talk about lots to reflect upon um goodness me the last time we did a palace a pod i'm pretty sure we were in the pub garden we were weren't we at the bridge tavern didn't we do one for southampton the fa cup no you i think you might have done one with ian but i've not been on one since anyway it's matthew and luke we're back with you not the bros brothers but we're back with you for uh for tonight's pod um as luke said we're um doing it with a few guinnesses tonight so uh the end bit of this could be interesting, but um, we thought we should we should jump on the pod given we've not been on here for some time and that a lot's happened since we've last podded and I think, well, a lot's happened that isn't quite as we want it to be, it's probably fair to say. Not been an enjoyable period to be a Palace fan, I would say,
0: probably i um, yeah. not honest. Not a period of time which I've enjoyed watching Palace, I think I've I've said many times I might apologise if I'm repeating myself but I might have said in the last pod as well the last Palace pod that we did I can't remember when I last left the Palace game and thought that we actually put in a decent performance and that's the worrying thing you know because it's all well and good you know getting points on the ball and things like that and you know scraping your way to to one or one or three points but when you're not actually putting in the performances that deserve those points and then not getting the points off the back of that It's a bit worrying and, you know, there are murmurs and rumours about sort of Vieira's uh, job. Quite rightly, I think, you know, given the fact that, what's the date today? The 9th of
1: March. We haven't won a game this year, bro. Yeah, it's it's not as you'd want it to be, really. I mean, if if we take a step back, look at the league table. We are 12th, right? We are 12th, you know, we're in and around teams you'd expect to be in and around, really, as as Palace. But it's been realistic, right? But then, when you look at it with another lens, we're five points off the bottom three. Well, the thing was, bro,
0: is that we've been twelve for about sixteen years. It feels like, but we, we we had a buffer of something like you know twelve or fifteen, fourteen points or something like that. And now that's now eroded to what is it six, six or five or five or six points? You know, so. And given our upcoming fixtures, I worry that that, that, that um, buffer is going to get eroded even more very quickly in, in, in the next month or so. So I appreciate that April got like something like six games in April, whatever it is, and more winnable games. But I think looking at the fixtures, the Leic- Leicester City game, which is the next probably one where it's going to be almost like Palisar, you know, it's a must win. Uh, because I think realistically, Man City, Arsenal... Uh, Palace aren't really expected to get much of that. I mean, we don't lose at the Amex, so we get a point from there. Thanks very much. But, you know, uh, the Leicester game is going to be a, a must win game. Um, and this has turned into a situation where we had so much optimism last season, so much positivity. You know, we were playing this free flowing football. Um, you know, we got far in the FA Cup. We had that brilliant away, uh, that brilliant uh, game away at Wembley. Um, albeit the game wasn't so good, but you know, the, the, the atmosphere and the, the build-up. The day, and everything. Out. The the day out was obviously. brilliant. Yeah, and we've just
1: gone polar opposite there, did not we? Well, it, it seems a long time since we won a game, right? Bournemouth New Year's Eve is the last, yeah. is the last victory. And um, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the last home victory. Southampton in October. Is that really it? Is that really it? Oh, Southampton October? Hello, mate. Oh, we got a dog oh, here. Oh, Hello. Does he want to be in the pod? Hello. He must have been on the pod. He's joining oh, in. Hey, Dem. Hey, Dem. Hello. He's
0: been interviewed. Oh, he's been, been in the
1: podcast. Yeah, he's been interviewed. He's, he's, he's <laughs> enjoying <laughs> the podcast.
0: Hello. You want some crisps, don't you? He's on the podcast. You want the crisps? <laughs> oh. He wants the crisps. Oh. Oh. Wants the crisps. Oh. Right. 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 That's right. There's a number of insights that you might find. Hollywood is calling? Oh.
1: Sorry. Where's he gone? Hollywood's calling. Oh, he's gone there. He's under the chair now. Oh, no, he's back
0: this is great pod material isn't it hello yeah. mate he, he's the smell the crisps can't he he's the smell the crisps right, come on mate we've got to get on the pod here we're not going to edit this out going to leave this in this is great entertainment go on you were saying bro
1: it's alright <coughs> you're going to edit that bit out I'm going to leave it in <laughs> you can't leave it in a top turn over the podcast uh, the last yeah so the, the last last victory at home oh my goodness really, uh, do you know what this seems like an age ago 29th of October, Southampton, one nil. That's the last time <laughs> we won at home. I don't remember that game. Which is, uh, no, do you know what? I'm struggling to remember myself because it, it is such a long time ago. And I think, I guess it's that it's that that which is worrying, is it? And the, the, the last the last victory was obviously the Bournemouth New Year's Eve game. But yes. but since then, when when you look at it sort of objectively, we've had a really difficult run of games, right? We played big teams, you know, your Newcastle's, your, the teams that are up there and head around, yeah. right? But I guess... So games that you wouldn't earmark as getting three points from? No, but, but, we've, but we've interspersed with that. We've had a few games we should and could have got points out of, right? Um, I would say the Brighton game, they were brilliant, Brighton. They played us at the park. So anyone saying we should have got something out of the Brighton game... Well, so not got something out, because we criminally did. But anyone saying we should have beaten the Brighton game, I don't agree with I that. I kind
0: of feel like the Brighton games, I, I, I appreciate at it. this moment where it's like... I feel like they're so far ahead of us... Now, even though they came up after us, so like, as, as a club they've progressed more and obviously you know they've got the backing of a you know, a, a, a very rich owner who's built them a stadium and you know they've progressed as well. But a point almost feels like three out of those games at the moment because it's of the best we can hope for. And I think that's all that Palace fans kind of ma- care about at the moment so as long as you don't lose to Brighton then everything's all right.
1: Well, I guess we had a run of games where we did pick up three draws and, and if you follow out like that with a win away at Villa, or at least a decent performance away at Villa, you start to build some hope because, you know, again, March is difficult, isn't it, with the likes of Brighton, as you say, again, and Arsenal, Man City, you're, you're playing the top teams. When you get into April, April becomes very important for Palace because Palace play Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, and Wolves. Oh, and West Ham as well. We jammed them all in there. All teams who are down there. All relegation six yeah. pointers. Yeah, mate. Six pointer podcast is going to be uh, doing some new t-shirts for April. But in all seriousness, April. <laughs> April is massive for Palace. Absolutely massive. And May doesn't get that much easier as well. Um, sorry, doesn't look much different because while top them, you're playing Bournemouth, Fulham, and Forest. I'm mean, going to Fulham. Sorry, put funds one side. But yeah, mate, it, it's. Uh, look when we were talking about what we were, going to, what we were going to cover on this pod the first topic I said to you is what is going on and that's a polite version of it right so come on let's, let's pick up on that because we've touched on the results we've touched upon what we haven't got, haven't got games haven't got points from games we should have done maybe where we have where we haven't shouldn't have got points at like the Brighton game but what, what is going on
0: well, quite frankly, bro. quite simply, we're not scoring goals, are we? I mean, you look at the results, it's all one goal here and there, you know, if we are getting goals. And, and you know, we're not scoring enough goals. And that has to be a fading of the, the club, of, of the ownership. Um, for not. I mean, I keep banging the same drum, but selling Christian Benteke, selling the striker and not replacing him, is just it's ludicrous because you no matter what you think of Christian Benteke he was an option whether you rated him or not right he was an option and you've just taken him that option off the table and replaced him with nothing so I I just don't understand it if I'm honest Um, maybe you know look Way trying to win the throw, Maybe there was someone earmarked who was going to come in, and he went somewhere else. You know, I know the, the kid from Bristol City. ended up at Southampton, didn't he? Instead of coming to us in in, in January. Um, but you would have thought that a Crystal Palace really should be a, a bigger uh, a lure for for that sort of player rather than the Southampton. If nothing else, than for, for the bright lights of London. Um, but yeah, we're not we're not scoring goals. We're not playing particularly well. We 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 seem to show a lack of. A lack of urgency, a lack of energy, a lack of creation. It feels like we've got one one game plan, which is to give it to heart and hope he does something. And when obviously Wilf's not been in the team for the last, what, four weeks or whatever it's been, where he's been out. Apart from the Villa game, yeah. Yeah, uh, apart from the Villa game, when he obviously made an immediate impact by scoring that goal, which was a toe offside. We've got no other option. Um... And I mean, you've got to hope that in the summer, if Palace do stay up, that you know his wages are going to free up someone, uh, so, so, some ability for someone else to come in. But yeah, it, it, it's a worrying time, brother. From for being a Crystal Palace fan, if nothing else, like I said before, for the performances, um, because you wouldn't mind if we were, you know, giving it everything and you know losing games. But we
1: just—it's a bit of a damp squib at the moment, isn't it? So you you called out a few things there, which we need to dissect a bit. So you've called out sort of what I would articulate as lack of direction or strategy because, you know, these things don't happen overnight. We don't become a team who all of a sudden you know are are a decent Premier League team to one that isn't. So there's that. There's then transfer dealings and maybe some that should or shouldn't have happened. You've got Ben Benteke leaving and not replacing him. You've got players that maybe we could and should have signed who didn't and I think also I'd add to that that I'm not sure in January we made the wisest signings. so you know okay, the lad from Arsenal Mm -hmm. on loan looks good he looks like a decent player but is that what we needed? probably did we need more? yes we needed a striker yeah.
0: Uh, we probably needed cover up both right and left back as well. I'd say as well but, uh, I
1: think a striker was the minimum for yeah, me yeah. Mid, mid, the midfielder was nice to add on but with, 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 with the
0: caveat that obviously deals are obviously harder to do in January so strikers who are at a premium anyway their fly, their, their, their prices are ridiculously inflated in January so I understand that but I mean it, it becomes such a key point for Palace in, in the summer window should Palace stay up that has to be you know and, and A Premier League striker—that that's where, you, where where Palace needs to look at now, isn't it? Is if you go for like, I would have loved us to sign Danny Ings, you know, given his,
1: uh, albeit his his injury problems, Danny Ings has been brilliant for Palace. And they're I not think. going to sign Danny Ings, bruv. They're not going to sign no, Danny Ings because of the, no. and the age. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not going to sign a player of that mm. age and that sort of money. It's not going to happen. I think that's the thing as well. We have to recognise where we are as a club, in that, and that I'm, I'm I'm pleased that we are where we are in that respect, because I. I Okay, Danny Ings on loan, yes. Danny Ng's the permanent won, signing didn't for won. big the money. Didn't big, the loan either. No, but that's what I mean. So I don't, I don't want that because then you're, you've got a player who then you're paying a fortune for, and transfer fees, signing on fees, wages. Lages. Wages. Who then, you know, may or may not do the business. And I think the way we are going at the minute, bruv, when we're not creating opportunities, if put Danny yeah. into the team, is he going to make a difference? Nail, I don't
0: think he is. Nail on the head there, bruv. Isn't it? I think it's the way we play. We don't play... To a striker's or a poacher's strengths, do we in terms of getting down the wing, putting the ball into the box? We don't seem to do that. I think almost. I think a few years ago, you know, there was that uh, Arsenal syndrome of them trying to pass into the back of the net almost. I feel like we're always trying to do that almost. And and whilst I am not the biggest fan of jean philippe Mateta, at least he has a shot. I mean, we just, we just need more players to have a shot, have a go. We need more shots on targets. I mean, there's been a number of games this season where we've left the game without a shot on target, which is not good enough.
1: Yeah. So back back to your points. We talked about direction strategy. We talked about transfer uh, dealings or otherwise. Um, I think the other, the other point you've mentioned is just, it just feels very flat at the minute. I mean, we left the game, was it Liverpool game? Or, the, what was the last home game before Liverpool? We let, it was even the Liverpool going on before that. <laughs> we turned to each other and both of us said, Yeah, we come, should we both coming next time? And, and that's kind of half, half sort of tongue in cheek comment, but seriously, the last time I felt this flat about Palace, performance wise, was Pardue. The end of Pardew. You're saying
0: that, but we're coming into that territory now because Pardew didn't win until April. Remember that game against Norwich where Punchham got that goal and the place erupted and yeah, that was amazing, but we're almost looking like we're going to go into that sort of territory, aren't we? That's the worrying thing. It feels very, very familiar territory, doesn't it? And that was the game that probably saved Pardew, albeit, you know, we had the cup run, but that was probably the game that extended Pardew's tenure. Tenure, yeah, at at the club. When maybe we should have pulled the trigger a little bit earlier, and it probably saved him for a bit longer and prolonged our uh, our pain. I guess a bit more, yeah. Um, And the worrying thing I have is that one of the things that I did when I looked at Vieira's appointment was what 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 previous fans um, of of the clubs that he managed said, and they said that like a niece first season brilliant second season he ran out of ideas and what are we seeing what are we seeing here we're seeing first season brilliant second season it looks like he's running out of ideas because we don't have as a manager I feel like you have to have different game plans different um, approaches to games different uh, options I guess and whilst you know we've got you know, Jean-Philippe Matete Otto Nébois as out-and-out strikers, you know, you've got Jordan Ayew, you've got Wilfried Zaha, you've got Michael Elyse, you've got Ebreze, so you've got attacking options. There's there's the argument that you go back to basics and play them in their their preferred positions, but there's also the argument that you can mess around with them sort of thing, you know, Ayew up front, because you know no one's going to work harder than Ayew, albeit his goal output is pretty abysmal, you're not going to get someone who's going to work harder for the team than Jordan Ayew. But then again, what's the point in isolating them up front if you're never going to get delivery to him? So maybe you need to go wide, and I'm not I'm not going to say get it launched or go back to four four two, but something needs to change. Another option needs needs to be put on the table here, uh, and Vieira needs to expand his horizons a little bit.
1: This, this is the thing, right? So my first topic for the pod was what is going on. The second one is if you were Vieira, what would you do? And I think you just started to run down the options there of what you would do because. To so be fair to him, he's given Edouard a go. Well, he, he he has and he
0: hasn't, bro, because remember, he had that run at the start of the season, and I thought, didn't he score four and four, yeah, I think, was it like got that got going, yeah. But then, I think he might have got injured and he cut come out as well, but then he couldn't get back into it, and I think what perplexes a lot of fans is the perseverance of Jean-Philippe Mateta, because I think well, um, for all of his... Uh, chaos factor which he provides and he occupies defenders because he's a big lad, six foot four, you know, defenders look at him and think, oh shit, you know, here comes JPM and I need to mark him. He doesn't really do much. Um,
1: I don't think he's got the quality. He's um, not clinical enough. That's the problem. No, that, 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 the yeah, home, that, the Liverpool game was, was a prime example yeah. where he was on goal, yeah. goal and it, it probably was harder to miss it than he did. And I think that's his issue. He's not clinical enough. And, but also, we don't play to his strengths. We don't put the ball into the box, which is madness when you've got the wingers that we have. If you've got a six foot
0: four man and you've got Michael Elise, you've got Wilfred Zahar, get him wide. Let's put some some balls into the box. Let's let's see if he can test defenders of his aerial ability. And if he can't, then we, um, you know, because Edouard, I'm a fan of Edouard. I think he's very good with his feet. I think him and Wilf link up really well. Um, But again, that comes back to the whole sort of situation of trying to pass it into the net. Because sometimes, instead of shooting, he will try and look up and pass. But that's mainly because I think that he's a a player, like many Palace players, who are... devoid of a bit of confidence at the moment and maybe I'm not going to say he's the messiah but uh, James McCarfer coming back to fitness you almost want a Jimmy Mack in this sort of team don't you someone's going to get
1: get the ball by the horns and, and shout at people and say do this do that you know you need a leader we need a bit more energy because if you and I are leaving the ground feeling flat goodness knows how they feel on the pitch and I think there is something in that definitely I think yeah, I mean, so to answer the question, if you were Vieira, what would you do? I think I would get the likes of Jimmy Mack back in the team. I think Will Hughes has done a good job when he's coming of, you know, showing, putting himself out about a bit. But he is no way as good as Jimmy Mack. A Jimmy Mack, a fit, full, fitness Jimmy Mack is ten times a Will Hughes, right?
0: I'm gonna play devil's advocate, bruv, because I don't think we've seen a fit, full Jimmy Mack for about
1: two seasons. And yeah, but still, but still, that, that's what I'm saying. If he is full and fit. He gets back in the team straight off, right? But is he still the same player two seasons on? But we, if we're talking about Vieira and the options he's got, bruv, we, have, we haven't got transfer to play with. We have to play with what we've got. And, and if we've got the Jimmy Mac, I mean, to be honest, bruv, even a 70% Jimmy Mac, yeah. I'll put him in the team at the minute. I think him alongside, you know, Decore, who is an amazing player. and For this one highlight of the season, it's probably him for me. Um, I think Eze's gone backwards under Vieira, I'll be honest. I just, I think... I mean one thing is he's not playing enough so I don't doubt Vieira in terms of if he's performing the training he's playing right so I'm sure there is more to it than just not picking him but he's definitely gone backwards
0: there's two points there isn't there because it's, it's, it's more that you know I, I think that Eze obviously he's not getting the game time but it's whether like he's considered to be a Inverter's call it's a luxury player, sort of thing, um, because, you know, I don't think he's known for his defensive abilities. I don't think you can count him to track back. But then again, I wouldn't say that Michael Lisa, even though he has improved this season. I don't think, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he was that sort of thing. But there's also the, going back to the Odson Edward um, point, you know, David Hilferty, friend of the pod, big up David. I hope you're listening. Um, he talked about everyone who was at Celtic and he was famous for turning up on match day, scoring goals against you know, a number of teams in the Scottish Premier League. But then on training, he, he wasn't known for being a very good trainer. So maybe that's why he's not getting into the team. If he's not putting in the uh, the, the legs at, at a Cobra's Cope, maybe Vieira's thinking, well, well, then you don't deserve to... And if, if JPM is, is running his bollocks off uh, in Beckenham, every, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday, then maybe that's why he is pers- pursuing with him. Much to the frustration of
1: Cristobal's plans. <laughs> I think the one thing I would say in the manager's defence is that the team don't seem to be not trying. So the energy there, the drive there from the likes of Elise, Decore, Will Hughes when he plays. Um, I mean Jordan are you flippin' it? That guy could not put any more blood, sweat, tears, skin, body parts, breath, you, you name it. Anything you can exert as a human being, he puts in. It's interesting because he's a player that divides a lot of Crystal
0: Palace fans. Especially if you look on social media, there are a lot of Palace fans that do, do exactly what you say. Appreciate the effort. Appreciate the work. Rate. I think he's a fantastic workhorse for Crystal Palace. You have to then caveat that with the fact that he does not score or contribute enough in terms of, of goals, assists for an for attacking player. I appreciate that, and maybe as he gets older, you know, you, you do see him dropping back into a midfield position. I think he'd be a great central midfielder, like when he's when he's older. Um, but I guess, I guess yeah, that, that, that's one of the problems. You've got players who, who divide uh, opinion between a lot of Palace fans. One of the things that's going to be interesting this weekend, as Palace take on the easy task of Manchester City at home, is that you don't have a check to So what do you do? Do you go with Will Hughes, which is probably the, the obvious re- uh, replacement? There's obviously Luka Milovojevic, you can fit into that slot as well. I'd be quite tempted to put Jimmy Mack in there and it's see fit, if he can do fitness pending yeah if, yeah if he, if he can do a roll maybe even if he can do an hour start Jimmy Mack and see if he can do that sort of hustling and harrying and roll because if nothing else he provides that energy in that middle of the park which we need um, but then again you're, you're then reliant on, the, on, on spraying it wide and those players hugging the touch lines and, and getting wide and getting up the pitch and counter attacking
1: because that's all we can do against Man City isn't it well it's a chasing game isn't it you're chasing them around the park that's that, and that's the thing so you need the legs so if Jimmy Mack is it's bit enough to play an hour 45 minutes whatever there may be but I'd focus on who's got the legs to chase them around the park really um, so look diff, difficult dynamic for Vieira no easy answers no transfer to play with either it will be interesting In the second half of the pod questions? we're going to well yeah we'll, we'll take some questions um, and we need to
0: go through the DMs and also I must say right now time, I, I, I do apologise for everyone who has tweeted us everyone's written us on Instagram and we haven't obviously we haven't been podding so we haven't done the questions so Thank you very much for getting involved, we appreciate you listening, and appreciate continued support, appreciate you getting in touch, especially those that, that do, do say how much they really enjoy the pod. Um, we will be taking your questions, we will answer some of those in part two.
1: Hello and welcome back to part two. Of the six pointer podcast, the Imperial Arms special. No pint of Guinness, no packet, Chris. We are rolling. Living the dream, mate. First of the night, here we go. So, we're on to our listeners' questions for the second part of the pod. Um, we had some really great questions, so thank you to everyone who's, who's dropped in. Uh, sorry it's taken so long to respond to these, um, and some of these date back a little bit. Well, we're still going to answer them because it's important that we respond to the questions you sent us in. Uh, we're not going to get through them all, so sorry in advance, but we'll try and um, respond to you back directly, I think. With voice notes, right, for those we can't respond to. So first one, friend of the pod, Ian Seabrook. Pick up Ian. Ian says, what should Parrish do? Oh, I'm going to minute, I'm gonna ask you in two parts to this, because it, it, it doesn't work if I ask you to do all of it in one go. So first off, what should Parrish do? I think he's talking about the managerial position.
0: First off, Ian, thanks for your question, but a bit, a bit of context would have been good there. Um, what should Paris do? What, what for dinner? Or the just second like? party says
1: if sack, so... Oh, okay, alright, so he's talking about managerial appointment, right? Oh, I so. Think so, I don't know if he's talking about the, the tea lady, maybe, I don't know, but. So, Ian, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zhuzh up
0: your question by saying stick or twist, basically, which is what we're saying here, isn't it? So, look... It's
1: not what, it's not what he's
0: asked. Fuck Ian. Basically, I think... <laughs> I think. I think. Look, any, any, the, the, where we are in in sort of the Premier League football is with the. Could you um and the <laughs> any <laughs> any, <laughs> any Premier League manager is only three or four consecutive defeats and a row away from the sack. I think. How's he ever got a job then?
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think I think questions start to be asked when you go on that run. Sort of. Thing. Yeah, yeah, Palace yeah. haven't won this year, right? There's been a lot of draws. For me, like I said in the first part, the poor performances have been more a, a concern for me rather than the points because we seem to have been sort of scraping a lot of wins. I think apart from maybe maybe Newcastle and another team, I league we've got the most draws in in in, in the season. Um, what's going on here? so we've got a massive lorry just stand <laughs> it up does, outside. it's, it's, it's my second part of Guinness just stand up um, <laughs> I think uh, yeah I, I think any manager is only sort of like three or four yeah, bad yeah. results away from the sack right I think there's probably probably the fact that these performances or sorry I should these results I should say have been caveated or Vieira's been given a bit more space or fat maybe because of the lack of investment in the summer and in the January window I think that's probably something that's just played into the owners and Steve Parish's minds so that's maybe why we're still in a position that we're in such a poor runner form and the manager still hasn't got the sack also I think we know from history that Parish isn't a trigger happy man trigger happy chairman is he he's not the sort of manager you know look I think it took Neil Warnock Uh, three wins in 17 games to get the sack Pardew lasted 12 years because he had the FA Cup run and he was was friends with everyone Um, you know so Paris tends to be quite lenient with this sort of situation now albeit that we've got American investors who obviously have a say in these sort of things now albeit Paris is, is, is the chairman I think there are mitigating factors to the fact that we haven't pulled the trigger and also I'm actually quite proud that we're not a club that does that we're not a Watford we're not someone who just has 22 managers in a season just because of the sake of it um but also bruv it's also a question of who would you get in because i feel like the 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 times or the era of a firefighter of a sam allardyce of a sean dyche is probably the last of his ilk of a roy hodgson of a tony pulis is gone now those managers don't exist so if you're looking for someone who guarantees you Premier League survival, you bring him in just to do a job. I don't know who that is anymore. And the problem you've got is that the market is now flooded with Frank Lampard's and, and Stephen Gerrard's and, and people like that, which I don't want them at my club. Look,
1: the question is, do, are we in that position? Are we really in the position where we need a Premier League survival manager? Now, I, 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 think, I think we've got a league position at the minute that means we'll be okay. But that league position is only maintained if we pick up enough results in April. April is massive. I, I, I'll ask Ian's question directly. I don't think Paris should do anything now. I think we we defended Roy a lot on this podcast, and we've defended him on the basis largely that we drew out we drew results out of the bag, but also we didn't have a lot of investment. He didn't have a lot of investment. Well, that
0: was it, isn't it, Rob? I mean, I think- last season, the Vieira had £65 million in the summer, albeit he didn't have it, you know, Dougie Freeman and, and the way that the, the Palace setup is now is now works is that you've got a director of football, the manager doesn't necessarily make decisions, albeit he may have a say, he doesn't necessarily make decisions. So There were rumours around Will Hughes and whether the manager wanted him or not, which is why we haven't seen him so much, potentially. But yeah, I, mean, I think you're completely right, is that over Roy's tenure, he wasn't backed Vieira's first season was and you probably got also a little bit of leniency that it was his first season in the Premier League I think you lose a little bit of that that leniency and the fact that you've, you've had a season and there was an
1: opportunity to push on yeah. now
0: but he was not backed in the last two transfer windows and that's the
1: thing and that's, that's the important thing you say push on right we're 12th in the league there's an opportunity we're 12th in the league and there was an opportunity to push on and they haven't backed that so a wasted opportunity yeah and this is the thing it can't be all the manager that gets the the slack for that and that's why I don't think there is any need to do anything now because there's nothing anyone can influence now in terms of bringing other players in I believe we'll ground up enough results in April I, between now and then I struggle to see a win I, I think, struggle to see a goal bruv so my my thinking is
0: if Everton hadn't appointed Shaw Dyche I think we'd have, be having a very diff- different conversation because as I said he's the last of his ilk I think Albeit, you know, he's, he's he started off well and he's tailed off a little bit. I, I still think Sean Dyche will keep Everton up. They're a big enough club. They've got enough quality there. They spent some money very badly. Apologies, this, is, this isn't an Everton podcast, but, you know, I, I think that he will do enough to keep that, that club up with the way that he plays, with the methods that he's got. But given that he's not on the market, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't see the point in changing for change's sake. Because it's always got to be if you're if you're making this decision to get rid of your manager, what are you going to do? And and I can't I can't I can't answer that. You know I, I don't have a sensible answer for, for for that. So I have
1: the answer, bruv. Go
0: on.
1: Chelsea continues to struggle. Graham Potter gets released <laughs> in the summer. Palace release Vieira and sign Graham Potter. It's meant to be. It is meant to be. Our palace going to pay Grand Potter's wages because how much? They how much is he going to be on all ch- all Chelsea? Jesus again. Christ! It was the Premier League man. It was Vieira, bruv. I, not I, as much as Graham Potter uh, I strongly believe that Graham Potter and Crystal Palace will be a match made in heaven it sounds like Alan Murray or everything doesn't it I just think that because that, if you say to me the options and I think you said the word if a minute ago right? if if Everton and signed Sean Dyche if Fulham hadn't done well, so well under Marco Silva because you talked to me before about how much Dougie and Parish love Marco Silva if Graham Potter is still at Chelsea at the end of the year all these things could mean that palace do or don't have this manager or that manager and i think the key thing that i think i think will remain is that the will be the palace manager in the, the season strongly believe it what happens in the summer is dictated by the conversation they have at the end of the year which is where we're we going to go next and what investment we need to go next so there's there's two points there
0: isn't there there's there's whether the club wanna stick with Vieira given his yeah. Yeah. performance in Inverted commas, over the season. There's also with a Vieira he's gonna stick with Palace because he might think, well how long? In the last two years, in the last two transfer windows I've not been back, so you know maybe I was sold a dream, you know, in my first my first summer window, it's brilliant. You know, I had all these players work. With.
1: But, but the thing is about the first summer window is he inherited a bunch of uh, a squad that was reduced significantly from the one he took over he also has 65 million pounds worth of no, investment but he, yeah but he had 65 million pounds to fill a bunch of holes well he didn't have that
0: but yeah I mean but, no, but, but no, he, no, he was but given you know what I mean? no, he was given Mark Gay
1: uh, Michael Elise replaced uh, players Bronson so what I'm saying is he, 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 he was given the money to replace people the summer was the chance to, and the January had just gone was a chance for Palace to build on that. It was. We filled the gaps. We've improved what we had. Now let's push on. And that's what hasn't happened. But is that not the manager's dream to
0: come in, get a fresh set of players, your players, someone you're not inheriting, and you can do whatever you want
1: with? But then you need to build on that, don't you? Yeah, of course. You 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 replace what you've got, and then you to build on that. And, that, and that, the problem was that he, he didn't get the he didn't get the chance. It didn't come through. It never happened. Whatever the answer is, I think there's also this. This point needs to be caveated with
0: his in-game management at the time needs to be questioned. Whilst whilst, whilst, there's, whilst we can sort of defend him in the sense that, you know, he hasn't been backed. Any sort of, sort of. We've gone from one extreme to the other. Roy Hodgson, who, who still thought, for some reason, we only have one substitution you can make after about 80 minutes, to a bloke that makes substitutions for the sake of it. You know, we've got five subs and he just sort of makes very head scratching substitution at times was things that i don't understand at certain times in games and I think that's to a detriment, and that's maybe due down to his inexperience. That's maybe also down to his, his experience of his coaching staff. You got Ossian Roberts and, and, and others. You know, we love, you know famously let Sean Sean no, Derry. Sean Derry. No, Sean Derry's gone as well. Which Desert, is up, uh, number four. Which uh, look, I mean, no. there, there were there were rumours that some players were unhappy with with his sort of um, level of professionalism or level of um, I don't know Premier League experience. That, that, that some of the training. Um, drills or set-ups weren't made for Premier League players and that's why he went. I mean, I don't know how much of that is true or not. Obviously, this is all conjecture. But if that is the case, then you have to say fair enough because he wasn't uh, an experienced coach. But then, you know, Palace have always had this sort of idea or, or dream or uh, fantasy of bringing through ex-players and having them in the coaching and stuff and things like that. So you're going to have to almost... Bear with that for a little bit, aren't you? Until they gain that experience. So, whether there was also a falling out or whatever, who knows? But I think that Vieira would, if he does stay in the summer, massively benefit from a highly experienced um, assistant or, or, co- or first-team coaching staff.
1: Where's Lenny Lawrence when you need him? So, in answer in quick, where is Lenny Lawrence though? Where is he? Uh, I don't know. I think he's still at Charlton's academy, isn't he? He's right here, so he's probably in the pub. he's, he's in the pub? Is he over there, Lenny? Lenny, cut to face. So, in answer to Ian's question, what's your answer? What should Parish do?
0: He's going to stick with him. He right. will. He will stick with him. That, he should. He should, and he will stick with him until the summer.
1: I think we will see a change in the summer. Okay. So, in the summer, what's going to happen? It's going to be sack, mutual consent. What is it? I'll get my crystal ball out, you sharp brother. Jesus Christ! Come hey, on, Ian said. Ian has said. What should Parish do if sack? When and for who? That rhymes. Go on, Ian. Lucian Favre is going to come back.
0: what is what do bro? I don't know. I, I I think that Palace might look to, to look to you know one of the, the shining lights of a, a, a foreign league. I quite like I mean look, given I'm a, a Scandinavian football nerd, I quite like to see the manager like Bodo glimt or someone else coming in or um, a, Jess Forop you know he's an SPO legend so bringing Jess up from SPA, from from Copenhagen, well, he's, he's not he's got sacked from doesn't he? but look I don't know bruv to be honest I, I don't have the answer I'm, I'm quite pleased I'm not in Dougie Freeman and Steve Parish's position because there's no easy answer here Vieira was a gamble it worked for the first season maybe not for the first se- second season well, arguably it will work for the second season if we
1: do stay up but go on I'll throw it back at you what would you do bruv who would you bring in give me a name I told you, Grand Potter. When Chelsea get rid of him at the end of the season... Not going to happen. Not going to happen. I told you, that's the answer. Not gonna Graham happen. Potter for Palace, that's, that's the answer. If there's any better people,
0: listen to this, do not put any money on that, because um, Matthew is, is, is
1: uh, uh, I don't know, what is it, 10p is your, your biggest bet you've ever put on, a, on Bet365? So. Hey, uh, West Brom away, uh, Alessandra De- NDI... I won a few quid on that one. Oh, yeah. Did headed, headed goal, mate. Big up, Tom. That was right. the uh, the first
0: defeat of Robert, Roberto Di Matteo. That was as uh, West Brom coach. So we were there. Stats.
1: We were there. We were there. Simon Crispin has got in touch. Big up, Simon. Simon says in the summer, he says Zahar what will happen? Transfers, what will happen? Simon, thanks very much. Um, Zahar's going to go
0: he is I mean if he would have signed a contract he would have done it by now don't tell me that really I think I think he's going to go I think he'll go abroad I think what's he now 29 he's 30 years old right so from his position if he can hope for a three year contract this is his last big contract right so I think he'll go to a, a club playing in Europe Germany Spain maybe something like that I think we, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there and also maybe that's also a little bit of um, bias on my side because that's where I want to see him go because
1: you don't want I, see play against them. no I, I, I don't
0: want to go into a Premier League game at Cedars Park and see Wilfred Zahar line up in another team's shirt against Crystal Palace it would be, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be yeah it's, it's like seeing the next girlfriend with another bloke like, you, like, you don't necessarily want him anymore oh, yeah, I do want Wilf but you know it's, like, you don't want to see him play against you do you it's, it's, it's not it's, yeah, it's, it wouldn't be a nice feeling um, so yeah for me I, I do think he'll go because I think that as I understand Palace have put an offer on the table and I think that Palace will break the wage budget to keep him there because well why wouldn't you he is Mr Crystal Palace isn't he um, but I hope Hope, hope, hope that if he does go, he will go abroad. But I can't see him renewing and staying at Chris Brandis. What about you? I think we'll stay. Really?
1: I think he will stay. Mr. Optimism here, this is Ivan like Kevin Smith from the pod. I think he'll stay be okay. <laughs> be okay. And kevin's mum. Um Yeah, I think he'll stay because because to your point, where is he gonna go in England? Does he want to go abroad? Chelsea, Tottenham. Are, are the play. obvious it's answers. Not going to play bruv. Not going to play. He'd he, he probably he walk in the Tottenham squad. The squad, not team. Oh, I, I think he walks to the Tottenham team.
0: Uh, Chelsea have got about a million players, I but they think, won't. Tottenham,
1: bar, bar Newcastle, all them big teams, he sits on the bench. Uh, I think if he does stay in, in the
0: Premier League, he stay in London, and I think Tottenham is the only option for sit him.
1: on the bench. He's he won't. He won't ball. sit on the bench. He won't sit on the oh, bench. Right. You ask me the question. Let me answer it. I think he will stay at Palace. I think he'll sign a new contract, and I think he'll finish his career at Palace. I want to live done. in Matthew's dreamland. Absolutely done. Absolutely done, because uh, I live in that dreamland because I hope that Palace never have to play against him. Forever the optimist. Yeah. Right. Simon also said transfers What will happen. So which areas are we going we need to need to strengthen in? I think we talked about the striker I mean, thing. I
0: God, we need a striker, bruv. That, that, that has or to two. be, at, well, at least, I mean, at least one. I don't think Palace have got a budget for two. Because I think the Palace also need to invest in a a right back. In that, Joel Ward is. is, It's testimonial year. He should be due as a testimonial, and I think so.
1: He's not getting clients not young, is he?
0: No, he's not, but I mean, you need cover there. Tyrick Mitchell, I think, as much as I like Tyrick, I think he's been exposed at times this season, so you need cover there. So I think you need cover in, in both sort of wing back positions. And a strike, I think that that's the sort of the main thing. I think the good thing is that we did get out at Hamada in the, in the summer and I think he looks, from what I've seen of the few minutes of him, he looks like he's got flashes of it. And he's only 19, 20 as well, so that's, that's where we need to go. But... Yeah, a striker I think Palace need to go all out for a striker I think you know Christian Benteke cost Crystal Palace 27 million pounds losing to 30 in 2016 I want to say 2016 2017 so yeah, but the problem being is that Inflation, as we all know, cost of him has gone up. So Christian Benteke, costing 27 million pound, in that is, is probably worth about 40 million pound now. So Palace are going to have to shell out for, 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 for if they want a proven Premier League striker, uh, the good part of a at least 30, 30 to 40 million pounds for that. Now, given that. Go on, what is it, rough? 2016. 2016. 2016. And also, how good was Christian Benteke in that first season? 17 goals, 15 Premier League goals. He was outstanding. Mainly because he played to his strengths. Yeah. Put the ball in the box, right? Which yeah. is what you need now. Yeah, the bloke, the bloke, I think, had the most one aerial jewels of all Europe's for, um, top five divisions for like five years or so, it was ridiculous. Because like, you knew if you put the ball up to him, it would stick, and I don't want to come back to Jean-Philippe Mateta, but Jesus Christ mate, win a header, up, hold up the ball. But we need you, you need that sort of player, I mean, maybe, I don't know, is there a, that's another question, is it? Is there a need for that sort of player in, in this sort of day and age, you know? Is there a need for the, or is there a position, a place for a big man anymore? Does it exist? Yeah, for, uh, yeah
1: yes, because everyone plays one up front. But the, but the thing is the difference is between what we are used to watching the likes of Glenn Murray and Ben Take to an extent as well Versus the big ones today, the big players today is that they are more mobile. So like Harry Kane, for like example, there wins there wins,
0: wins the ball, but also can yeah, is mobile and so can finish. Hang the Hang
1: right, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, 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 yeah.
0: That's different. hangeland yeah. 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 Fred hangeland Not you mean own Holland? Not hangeland is well retired, I Fly think, hang-a-lan? mate. bring him back. He scored against Arsenal. He's fine. Give my fun. Give It's fine. We that one that one game we were at Arsenal in the Emirates where we we scored and then Punching got sent off. We lost in the last minute.
1: So get Freddie hangeland up front. It's, it's that sort of. <laughs> mo- <laughs> <laughs> it's that sort of mobility up front. <laughs> Hang Gladness. Yeah, <land> the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, I think. I think, I think <laughs> Stop, stop, stop names. Oh, stop it. <laughs> That's the sort of mobility we need but you say they cost money right yeah. and, and, and our record of gambling on players from abroad the Surlots the Mentetas
0: well oh. you know but I also maintain that Alexander Marcelo was never given the, the, the best crack of the whip. I think that he, um, he, when he started apparently he was full of energy he yeah. came from FC Midland he scored 15 goals that season he scored against Chelsea the goal was ruled out incorrectly off, yeah. offside because it was before the days of EAR I think had that goal been given we would have seen a very different player maybe really? Yeah, because I think he's a lump. and I mean he's doing it for real, Sociedad. I think he scored like six in six early, like only a couple of months ago, sort of thing. He was on fire. He was like the player, of the only one player of the month in in the Liga. But yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I think Palace's realistically Palace's options are lower league or foreign league, and you've got to go and get one of the big names there. I think um, because Premier League strikers obviously come at a premium and. Palace aren't going to pay £60 million up for a Premier League striker. They're looking at the £30 million
1: round mark, I think, especially where you've got to invest in the wing-back position as well. Right, there's, there's some players who Palace could take a gamble on the Championship. There's enough of them who are... You know, we've sort of what is it? They've got seven games to go in the championship. Something like that. Something like that. Maybe ten. We've Maybe got ten. a good amount of goals. You know, so can we can we just steal Mills' players to make sure
0: they don't go up, please? Because they've got what is it? Yeah, Bradshaw and Fleming now, who them? have scored. What is it? Uh 26 between them?
1: Exactly. Yeah. So we can we can have them, please, just to stop them going up, scum. I just think that like Palace should have a look in that league, and because look at Brentford and how well they've come up with their their strikers. You know, Tony. Um, who else is it? Um,
0: Watkins. Obviously, they sold on Malpay, Brentford have got well. Matthew Benchman obviously he's got example. that he's, he's got that ability to, to find. But there's a
1: good example Villa where they've taken uh, risk on a number of players who have come through, and I think that's the one thing we haven't done yet. And I guess that comes at a premium, but I just think that some of our um, players for the board. I mean, you talk about Serlo, but it didn't work out, did it? They haven't worked out, so we need to try something else. So maybe that's another one for the summer to think about is is can we raid the lower leagues anyway right going to wrap it up there 45 minutes on the clock time for another Guinness um, don't forget at Six Point of Podcast on Instagram and Twitter as always thank you very much for everyone who sent us a message we do appreciate it sorry we didn't get to everyone's messages uh, but we will reply with a direct message voice note to those we didn't get to lucky people um, Six pointer podcast, merch, how are we doing? Any new merch on it? Caps, belts, bum bags. Who's in charge of this? Who's
0: Were in charge? Tra- me, but am I? What? no, it's not happening then. No, it's not happening. I mean the, t- the ones the lucky people that got the T shirts, most of them are in Denmark, enjoy them. Um, limited edition yeah. they are limited edition they will be yeah. on eBay in about 10 years time going for hundreds of pounds I'm sure uh, if they're not faded and uh, cracked in their wash but um, no new merch but open to um, suggestions if anyone's got any uh, you know if you want to see a uh, cat bowl yeah, if you cat see, food bowl if, or, if, if no. you want to see Kevin's face on a scarf you know let us know we, we will make it happen I want to see Kevin's face on a, a no, cat oh, bowl or
1: right, then <laughs> I just want to see Kevin's face where's Kev? where Kev? is Kev? Kev? big old Kev big old Kev Be on Kez Mum as well. well. Right, Uh, signing off at Six Pointer Podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Take care. And as always, up up the the palace. palace.
0: The Six Pointer Podcast.